Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the carefully staged scene of chaos that is not fooling Mangum Reads. We are three muggles, one of whom also loves knitting patterns. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing? Are we expanding the list of things you and Dumbledore have in common, Sarah? I don't know what else is on the list, but this one is. We, we can I mean, ponder I that So out. I did... I did have in my wheezing notes that I finally understand why you like Dumbledore. <laughs> it, it's the fondness for knitting patterns. Correct. Um, but... <laughs> and the propensity to just sometimes leave social situations. <laughs> I don't know. I'll take it. Anyway, mm, we, seems reasonable. we are on chapter four of mm-hmm. the sixth book of Harry Potter, uh, Horace Slughorn. We have some segments that we do here. We have... Uh, a rapid fire recap, uh, BJ's wizard wheezes, newbie's notes with Spencer, we award house points, and then there are questions and queries. I will tell you from the outset that this is the chapter that I kept thinking was the next chapter and was ah. never, in fact, the next chapter until now. So here we are. Uh, I, I also finally understand many of your guys' references of the last couple chapters to uh, characters in transition, as it were. Yes. <laughs> A lot of giggling last chapter that just confused the crap out of me. Uh, yes, uh, but... It didn't help that I read this chapter yeah. before mm-hmm. our last, because I had forgotten. BJ, BJ anyway, had this yeah. one fresh in his mind. But I will say, Spencer, you did an excellent job at interpreting the um, the chapter header image at the end of last episode. You were, in fact, yep. entirely correct. <laughs> Stumbled all to hell on that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, well. So... Do you have your stopwatch, Spencer? I have a stopwatch. Do you have a bet, given that this is the longest chapter we've had this chap- this book? Yeah, and it's kind of complicated. And um, I I don't know. I, I think I can get it under two minutes. Part of me feels a little silly for not taking a bet. But if I were going to take a bet, it would be a 155 bet. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I'm going to challenge myself a little bit. I'm going to do a 153 bet. All right. And Look see at this if I ambition. can get a little bit of extra wiggle room at the end. I don't know. One fifty-three. Okay. Uh, the stopwatch is ready when you are. At the end of Privet Drive, Dumbledore apparates them another unpleasant magical traveling experience to Budley Baberton. On their walk to wherever's next, Dumbledore asks about Harry's scar. It hasn't been hurting recently. Dumbledore suspects Voldemort's now using occlumency against him. Harry asks uh, about what they're doing. Dumbledore needs a new staff member. They're there to try to convince someone to come out of retirement. Harry also asks about the new Minister of Magic and Amelia Bones and the Ministry Leaflet and Inferi. Dumbledore then... Um, Dumbledore cuts him off as he asks about the injured hand. They've arrived. The cottage appears to have been totally ransacked. They enter with caution, but Dumbledore doesn't think whoever they're here to see has been dragged off. He pokes the armchair, which protests. The armchair is Horace Slughorn, who forgot to set the dark mark over the house to make his little armchair, or make his little scene complete. They clean up the mess before Slughorn notices Harry, who's he's very interested in. Slughorn knows immediately that Harry's bait, and he's not having it. But he does agree to a drink. Dumbledore comes in with a soft sell, but Slughorn pointedly tells him he might be he might think about retiring slower reactions and whatnot true but Dumbledore also casually displays a new ring on his injured hand Slughorn's been trying to keep ahead of the Death Eaters moving between muggle houses very tiring Dumbledore makes a hasty exit for the bathroom and Slughorn begins talking about Harry's parents Lily was his favorite student he was head of Slytherin and while not outright terrible shows a little amusement in comments about bloodlines muggle-borns and his collection of famous former students he travels with signed pictures Harry accidentally makes some very convincing points uh, for returning to Hogwarts before Dumbledore returns, ready to call the cause lost. They're just leaving when Slughorn capitulates. He'll take the job. Dumbledore is very pleasantly, very pleased with Harry and explains um, Slughorn's collection of favorites. Harry would be a prize in it. They apparate outside of the burrow, but Dumbledore has a few last words about Sirius and how he's coping. Harry's Harry's realized he can't shut himself away or quit. While there's much speculation on the prophecy, only the two of them know the real contents, but Harry might tell Ron and Hermione he'll need his friends. And Harry will be taking private lessons with Dumbledore this year. Final warnings, take the invisibility cloak everywhere, and the burrow is highly guarded, so don't make trouble. 201, I'm afraid. Oh, no. Um, 
Well, you, close enough. You were close. Long... The material was perfectly on point. I think you just had a couple little uh, trips on the words. Yes, uh, my contacts are not working particularly well this morning, and I am not seeing where lines end correctly. Um, you're, you're, uh, it's the ocular of the oculomency that uh, did you in. That one didn't work. <laughs> uh, BJ, what are we wheezing about? Um, a number of things. The first one I'm going to start out with is just the the delightfully abrupt and uh, feel of they never had a proper conversation before because there was usually a desk in between them is just such a funny <laughs> way of like looking at how to have a proper conversation. Yeah. Um, well, it's, that I thoroughly enjoy. It's certainly an interesting way of describing the phenomenon of seeing uh, teachers outside of yes. the school setting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've um, all been there. Yes. One of, one of my favorite stories uh, from one of the, the grad students in a former lab was uh, she would not infrequently run into our boss in uh like workout clothes like running workout clothes Mm -hmm. and just did not like anything about that (laughs) (laughs) um so sarah i have a question for you yeah sarah you're just submitting to this i mean he can ask the question the holy hand grenade of antioch uh no okay that's unfortunate because it is is a great uh piece of monty python sketch from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, that's why it sounds familiar. Okay, all right. Yeah. I so don't remember what it is, it, though. Um, that they, they tell you how to use it. And it is, basically, you count to three, and you throw it. No more? Not to two, Goodness. not to four. Yes. And five is right out. So my question to you, Sarah, is how many semicolons in a sentence is completely unreasonable? <laughs> The problem, BJ, with semicolons is that they frequently beget more semicolons. They, they, they uh, exist to spawn. If there is a list, it suddenly becomes appropriate to have hundreds, maybe. Yeah. Uh, clearly. You might as well um, keep going as you've begun. Uh, so, you know, I, I, it feels like we're, we're visiting a diverticulitis clinic with the number of uh, semicolons we have in this. Oh! Area. Ow! Damn, BJ. <laughs> Sarah, your look of distaste just makes me so happy. <sighs> we have not one, but two five semicolon sentences in this chapter. I mean, are, are I think the lists? question is is how the semicolons are being used. <laughs> well, Spencer, if you, if you have your book in front of you, I, I can do. direct you to the first one. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's on the second book page. I don't know how far in it is for you. Harry felt Dumbledore's arm twist away. Gotcha. I think you're meant to read that out loud, Spencer. Yes. (laughs) Wasn't specified. I was waiting patiently. Uh, Harry felt Dumbledore's arm twist away from him and and redoubled his grip. Semicolon. One. The next thing he knew, comma, everything went black. Semicolon. He was being pressed very hard from all directions. Semicolon. He could not breathe, comma. There were iron bands tightening around his chest. Semicolon. His eyeballs were being forced back into his head. Semicolon. Five. His eardrums were being pushed deeper into his skull, and then... Dash. Close close quote. I mean, I guess sort of this could be a list of all the things that were happening to him during his apparition. Yeah. Um, But... That's how I read that. I also, this is one of those situations where I will defend the use of abnormal punctuation because it is one of those situations that is clearly describing something that we have, that like is completely new to Harry and is therefore also trying to recreate his experience of being in this situation. Like in a rush of things. Yes. And yeah. Basically, the second one is the same thing. It's when everything's going back into place mm-hmm. after. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a. a walloping a whirlwind scene of, scene of things yes which i will say is very cool in the movies yeah um so i think the main other thing that i wanted to comment on um and i do have one other wheeze that, that i'll get to in a moment but just the it's here that we get more of a confirmation of what slytherin house is mm. as opposed to what it's become 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sort of curious, like, how much of that is from Voldemort's appearance and, like, um, it's uh, no longer the party of small government mm-hmm. um, and more just everybody that, that wants, you know, a little bit of power and to lord it over other people and just, you know, a pile of suck. Can you um, comment more explicitly on what those differences are that you see? Yeah, so uh, Slug Slughorn is talking about how sort of the division between uh, Gryffindor and Slytherin uh Slytherin was more like people that wanted to achieve mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. and so like he would the the people that he would choose to place in positions of power were very often in Slytherin and it was those people that that wanted to be the best in their field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ambition by its nature is not inherently problematic. Yeah. No, and this yeah, Slughorn's description here gets back um to really how we were first introduced to the houses, more mm-hmm. or less, through uh, the Sorting Hat, which really emphasized the ambition of um, yeah. the ambition of Slytherin House, not uh, yeah, Lincoln not pre- Slytherin, not prejudice and racism, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yes. Um, and the last thing that that I'm going to end on is um, a, a, another uh, staple of of uh, comedy movies which is, of course, Dumbledore would give the raspberry. <laughs> so uh, Spaceballs has, has a scene where, where they uh, jam the mm-hmm. radar using actual jam. Only one man. Raspberry jam. <laughs> and yes, Dumbledore... Uh... D- Dumbledore pulls a lone star every, every bail opportunity. I, d- Dumbledore is, is, is very much one for raspberry. I mean, I, I just imagine that you know, after foiling Voldemort the first time, he just goes <laughs> and just walks off. Mm-hmm. Pro- yeah. Probably a two-finger salute in the process. Probably. Yep. Uh, Nibby Snaps, then? Yeah, let's go. Uh, I'm going to get this guy's name wrong every single time we talk about him. <laughs> I'm going to call him Slugworth every single time. Do you guys know why I'm going to do that? I don't, but it is going to get very annoying over the course of this book, given how much of this I, character we have. I know. I'm suffering a line fault every time you guys say his name correctly. <laughs> and it's purely because I really love the film adaptation, the, the first film adaptation of Willy Wonka. And the giant air quotes bad guy in that is named Slugworth. And that is just all the only slug name that's apparently allowed to burrow in my brain. You had well, one one slot there in your little that's it. mail cubbies. So if you want, you can pronounce it Slewfern. Wow, that is just the most of not helping, BJ, but I appreciate the effort. Um, not space for that one. You could, you could just call him Horace. I'm gonna, I, I, every aspect of my notes is calling him Horace for that exact reason. <laughs> he and I are on a first-name basis to avoid other problems. Perfect. Uh, moving on. Uh, I com- I don't know why, but I'd forgotten that the Harry's last interaction with Dumbledore was his straight-on destructive tantrum. So I appreciate them opening this book with essentially Harry being kind of shamefaced and not wanting to be the first one to talk to Dumbledore, because totally the last thing he did was just trash the guy's room. It was a lot of all-cap shouting uh, it- the last time we saw them together. 100%, yes. Uh Dumbledore, though, is there to quickly reassure him that everything is fine, including that he need not worry about it being attacked because I'm here. Which is an almighty flex. It's not, <laughs> it's not even, you don't need to worry, we don't need to worry we're safe. It's, no, we don't even need to worry about threats. There is no... Well, yeah, SPJ? Yeah. Well, it, it's not completely you don't need to worry, but, like, worry a little bit. Like, have your wand out. It's probably not going to happen. What, doesn't he only really say to get his wand out once they discover the busted apartment? Um, no, I think it was, no, it's uh, before they even apparate oh. out of Privet Drive. Uh, basic precautions will keep him alive in situations where Dumbledore isn't there to protect him. Good to train him on just, you know, good, well, good day behavior. Sure. <laughs> uh, the wand arm is going to just stick with me because the book is being very pointed about this is very important information that I'm not telling you right now. Uh, 
Dumbledore even just seems to seems to enjoy highlighting it. It is a thrilling tale that he does not have time to explain now. I love when people, you know, take the time to say they don't have time to explain something right now. <laughs> uh, it, all, the only information we get is that his re, uh, in some way it was caused by his reactions not being what they once were, that Horace seems to recognize what may have caused it, because he points that out, and that it in some way despite the not perfect reaction time, did still result in Dumbledore getting a large, clumsy ring of gold with a heavy, cracked black stone that causes Horace to have a slight frown on his head, his bald head. What all this means, not clear, but it is notable that Harry seems to be the one out of a loop that other people are sharing. So the, the information exists in the world, just not to us. Uh, based on the descriptions we get in this chapter... Um, Apparition, I think we finally understand why people don't do it more. It seems to kind of suck. It's both very advanced magic and not overly comfortable. Yes, we don't. I mean, mm -hmm. court keys don't seem to be overly comfortable. This is just a different discomfort. Yeah, no, it's a, Harry hates both of them. Um, yeah, he Harry would rather. He does hate Harry. Harry is the the bus taking traveler. Yeah. He literally only wants to go by broom. Yeah, because trains are terrible and airplanes are worse. <laughs> no form of travel in universe seems great, though the description we get from this one, it seems particularly unpleasant in a very particular kind of way. And we also get in universe descriptions that it, there, it is limited in ways that we thought were kind of particular to a single abode, of where we knew that you couldn't do it to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. But now uh, we're finding... You knew that officially you couldn't do it to Hogwarts, except for certain places. How about that? Uh, but now we're finding out that there is apparently just apparition proofing that every wizard abode gets, along with cultural norms that just say it would be rude for you to appear inside somebody else's house instantly. I also love that Harry is is the, the obligate teenager, because... Dumbledore could have said literally anything about the Hogwarts grounds in reference to apparating, and he just goes with, I'll finish that sentence for you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, well, how do you guys, this isn't, this isn't a question, not in the way of like asking for permission, just curious of your <laughs> emotional response, but how do you guys feel about the resolution of the whole occupancy plot? It, it felt a little bit... I don't know, short or lackluster in light of how important it was in the last book that, oh, no, it's resolved because Voldemort's just the one that's now using occupancy to stop you from watching him. It, it, it almost feels like Voldemort's giving up more than he's getting by doing that. It seemed like it was working out rather well for him and that the heroes still haven't built anything resembling any protections against it. Um, I, I think it sort of depends on what your view of uh, the what Voldemort was getting out of the occupancy. Um, and like what was important, and I feel like the prof like the whole prophecy bit was the goal of the Occlumency, and so now that it's been resolved, it doesn't really matter. And so this feels like one of the all right. Well, I'm gonna shift my tactics, and any information going in is much more uh, dangerous, especially because like this feels like a. Dumbledore knows what the stakes are a little bit better, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and he's afraid of Dumbledore. Yeah. He knows He knows what's... Po like, both Dumbledore and Voldemort know what's possible now. The same trick to get Harry to the Department of Mysteries isn't going to work a second time. Um, and now the danger is in Harry being able to see what Voldemort is up to. Um, so I don't like setting that um, source of information like completely outside of, of reach, even if it, um, even if the trade-off is that he loses some potential information from Harry is the trade-off he has to make. Yeah, I suppose it's in character that demonstrates again that Voldemort fi suffers from target fixation. That, oh, this isn't working? Yeah. I should completely cut this off and do something completely different because that wasn't working for five minutes. And also his still almost uncontrolled, well, his fear and focus on Dumbledore, given that it is somebody that he does not have power over. 
it, it makes sense, but it also seems like it would be more tactically reasonable if he just keeps up the occupancy 99% of the time and then just looks in every, every, every now and then, given that he has complete control over it and Harry doesn't. But, well, but maybe it'll also, come up again. Dumbledore now knows how much of an issue it is. Like, he, yeah. like Dumbledore didn't know in the last book how much of an issue it is, and maybe, like, yeah. we I mean... He did. You, you could have that extra little bit where Dumbledore, like, uses Harry to spy, but that's not in Dumbledore's character. So, like, this is an easier, like, in-world resolution than other things. It, he did know. He just didn't do a great job of, you know, indicating that and going about fixing it. Before he told Harry, "This is the most important thing that you can do." Everybody else around told Harry, "This is the most important thing you do in terms of learning occupancy from Snape," and he made Harry attend classes with Snape. It's just as he openly bits here, that was an utter fiasco that he should have seen coming. Yeah, but Dumbledore thought something else was going to happen. Dumbledore thought that Voldemort was going to use Harry to spy on Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. He he's still good. He didn't know that Voldemort could implant false images into his head. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that is different. Um, and that was something Dumbledore learned could happen. Um, so, like... I don't know. I, I, I don't think that Dumbledore had perfect knowledge about it last book. Dumbledore will always be the first person to admit that, as he does yeah. in this chapter. Uh, another thing that's very in character in Dumbledore is realizing a friend's hiding and stabbing him as a way of revealing that he know he's there. I love that Dumbledore doesn't, like, tap him or say hi. He just grabs a wand and jabs him right in the belly. Yep. Dumbledore-focused Dumbledore behavior right there. Uh, the Dumbledore also lamenting, well, I've lost count of the number of times I've had to say this in recent years, but we're once again one member of the staff short. <laughs> it, yep. it, it is a really delightfully dark kind of little line that he's just kind of being flippantly amused by. It's like, eh, look at that, another, another professor's dead or gone. Don't worry, we'll fix it somehow. Gotta do this again. Um, is line else about Scrimgeour? I adore its non-answer. Yeah. Of where... Harry's question is, is Scrimgeour a good guy? That's effectively his question. Dumbledore just kind of gets amused by it and offers the information that he is able, a decisive and forceful personality, a man of action, and who and he does not underestimate Voldemort. All of those are positive character traits, but pointedly do not answer even an, or even attempt to answer what Harry asked. Nope. Dumbledore's gone into Aes Sedai mode here. Yeah. This also reminds me of the... Uh... 30 Rock uh, with Tracy Morgan, Mm -hmm. uh, where he says, Superman does good, you're doing well. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. It's a fair distinction. Uh, BJ, you commented on the whole jam preferences thing. I I must say, though, that I feel like the jam preferences in the pamphlet were meant to be an example, rather than the be-all, end-all of this is what we always use to mess up Death Eaters going forward. But of course, if Dumbledore has the opportunity to cast shade against the Ministry, he will he will seize that opportunity. We uh, also do know that Dumbledore has a proclivity for using uh, sort of sweet food related items as passwords and uh, like source codes. So he does, you know, maybe, tailor built for him. Maybe maybe he just maybe he's just annoyed that they're on his turf. <laughs> I mean, he could also be like helping Harry out for later. Like this is a. I mean, if you ever need to to get into, uh, you know, Fox's cage or something, the password is Raspberry Jam. Sure. So. <laughs> Don't worry, it's on a post-it note that he attached to the cage. <laughs> uh, in Ferry, you guys mentioned these guys last chapter. You gave, provided me a description. What a casual bit of background non-sequitur horror that we get for two paragraphs in this chapter. Mm-hmm. They don't show up. I'm sure, imagine they will later. It's just an explaining something that we already got in the prior chapter, but it's... What of the more direct bits of horror that we've gotten in a while in this text? Where, yeah, they're just, the, among the armies of people that he murdered the last time around, he's able to animate their corpses. It isn't clear to me, and I'll ask this on questions when we get there, whether it is purely people that he had killed or whether you can just animate the dead everywhere. It just indicates that they're infused with dark magic. But I'll ask more about that one, uh, a little bit later on. Is this the uh, worst version of Chekhov's gun? Yes. Most direct. Do, do you think that that they get taken to the uh, brain room in the Ministry of Magic? <laughs> I certainly think that the Department of Mysteries has some in Vera somewhere. Oh, hundred percent. There is a room among the various rooms that that place shuffles between. There are a few that are utter nightmares, and that's yeah. one of them. Yeah. Uh, Horace, 
We quickly learn that he is a man of great skill. Him back to back with Dumbledore. Sarah, you said that's adapted from the, one of the movie versions? Yes, yes, we do get this scene. I enjoy the amusement that the two masters share, of where it's just like two, 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 two members of the orchestra have just showed up for a quiet little jam session and are just enjoying each other's company, being remarkably skilled at their chosen art. Uh, we also see that he's a man of exceptional pedigree, I mean that in many ways, uh, and he's willing to work very hard not to work in terms of how he's chosen to, sp- chosen to spend <laughs> his life. And the entire chapter is just a fun game of manipulation of where Dumbledore is here to focus on Horace's well-known desire to expand his web of powerful and influential people and the potential role that Harry could play in that. And Harry has no idea until the chapter is exiting that he is the key prop in that regard. And despite not knowing that, despite no prep, other than very clearly by Dumbledore and Dumbledore setting this in motion to occur exactly how it does, Harry plays his part brilliantly. Mm-hmm. He's both present, which, you know, even Harry can't fuck that up. Uh, but he also is... <laughs> shut up, yes. He, Harry can be a prop. Applementing. <laughs> okay, actually, very fair. Well done. Uh, but Harry... Naturally, in just his hostility, leans exactly into what he needs to with respect to this, of hitting Horace where he's most vulnerable. That you're not maintaining your contacts, and how safe are you really? And going to Hogwarts, mm-hmm. you can do both of those things. It couldn't have gone better if him if and Dumbledore had pre-planned this, and probably it went better than it, ha- it would have if they had done so, knowing Harry. Uh, even Dumbledore's little off comment that he throws at the end about, oh, well, you know... When you visit, I'm sure you'll be able to make it through even our incredibly increased security. Uh, I'm calling bullshit on that one, by the way, given what we've seen Hogwarts <laughs> so far. I don't know what they've done, but it clearly will be inadequate because the story must happen. Yeah. <laughs> or, or okay, let's connect events that we know before. This also could explain why they're trying to work with Draco. Mm. Um, because if, if they literally can't send an outside source in, they will need they will need a Manchurian candidate. They will need an agent among the midst. So that could connect that why they're even trying to go that that route. But I, I'm still... I mean, kind of not unlike the UNC Board of Governors, it seems like the entire Board of Governors in uh, Hogwarts has problematic views. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, uh, you both called this out, but I think it's a good thing to emphasize that. So much of this chapter is trying to indicate that Horace is not like other Slytherins. Uh, it, I, I feel like it's other Slytherins are not like Horace. It, it, the emphasis should be the other way around, yes. yes. I, 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 yeah. still, I, still, I still enjoyed the reference. Uh, we get the text very directly saying, after he reveals that he's the Slytherin headmaster, it's him wagging his finger at the camera, a.k.a. Harry, oh no, don't go holding that against me, is <laughs> so obviously... Rowling just, you know, talk to the audience, wait, 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 I know he's a Slytherin, but let me actually reveal a little bit more about these people that I haven't had a chance to do the last five, six books. I like the idea that there are actually, like, a bunch of students in Slytherin house right now who are, like, constantly throwing their hands up in the background watching Draco and all of his people do things. Whenever Draco exits stage left, they just corner him and says, why do you keep making us all look bad? We're normal. We just go to school. We're, we're trying to keep as many of the magical species alive as possible. And that's why we're trying. It's to... <laughs> another way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, but in, in, in very short order, he openly mocks Umbridge, which was previously a calling card of, card of loyal, loyal Slytherins everywhere. I know. I love that Harry is just snorting in the background at that moment. Yeah. Harry can't control himself at that point. Uh, he thinks well of Harry's parents and Sirius, that's a hell of a combination, and mm-hmm. thinks that Harry's mom in particular was remarkably excellent. Uh, he's not, bear with me on this one, he's not de jure prejudiced against Muggleborns. De facto, sure. he's, re- he, he's leaning heavily into a compliment to their race kind of territory. Yes. It's still an improvement over what we've seen before. <laughs> It's more the it's it's more the well-meaning old guy kind of racism rather than the active oppressive racism. They're surprisingly competent wizards. Yes, <laughs> who would have thought such? It's interesting how that happens every now and then. Uh, he enjoys a good fire warming his backside, which is just so remarkably human. It's not something I'd ever expect out of a Slytherin, really. <laughs> and he seems to be building his life around getting the little comforts, the little peace that seems from what we've previously known more Hufflepuff than Slytherin. Mm-hmm. But Dumbledore provides the linkage there of where. 
It's a well-comforted little island among all of the connections that he's built his life maintaining and enjoys messing with. But on the whole, at least when we get here, he's generally affable, pleasant, and from what we can tell, honest about himself and what he wants, which is another non-Slytherin kind of trait. So... It's meant to reveal a broader world to us. It's a bit on the nose of when there's a little finger-wagging kind of moment from the character himself. But this provides a certain necessary measure to humanity to a, a group of our wizarding world that I'm assuming we're going to need to spend more time with, and I'm assuming we're going to see a lot do some bad things going forward, too. Hey, not, Sarah, not I have a fanfiction suggestion that I'm going to ship. Okay. Slughorn Magadan. Um, They're the spiders. They are... Yeah. <laughs> should, should I move on or just let this one hang? Because I'm enjoying this right now. Um, I'm going to have to think about that. <laughs> well, because it gets it gets a little screwed up because then we also do actually have Aragog. So. Sure. They, they can have a pet. <laughs> That's worked really well for Hagrid. Yeah. And the entire Forbidden Forest, I must say. Uh... uh Please continue, Spencer. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that Dumbledore was rather pointedly asking Slughorn... Hey, I, I did it! I said it right! Uh, if did. He did! Re- Congratulations! If he has been receiving direct, you know, offer letters from Death Eaters. To which Horace seems only briefly offended by the question, because it's so obvious that they would try to recruit, who is, I'm sure, heavily their former headmaster. But he is actively on the run from them. Yeah. He's, yeah, he, he's he's using the, the most aggressive form of Verbo yeah. right now. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, we already mentioned Dumbledore. The, uh, hmm? GTA version. <laughs> uh, we already mentioned Dumbledore and uh, loving muggle knitting magazines. I also think that he was just buying time for what he assumed was Harry going to do what he needed Harry to do, but I also fully believe that he discovered a knitting magazine there and was just happily flipping through it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he was perfecting his Leviosa with two wands? <laughs> Hadn't thought about that, but maybe. Maybe. Appl- applied arts. <laughs> uh, on a more somber note, uh, Harry's line of, it's just hard to realize that he won't write to me again, uh, hits grief right on the nose and does it well for a little mm-hmm. bit right there. Um, he's lost someone outside of the narrow sphere of people at Hogwarts that he knows cares about him. Someone out there in the muggle world, otherwise, which is a void, and that is... A decidedly painful absence that I enjoy the books aren't letting just go. It's not, I mean, the, this series has been pretty good at sticking to what is painful to characters and you know, going into yeah. how it affects them going forward. This mm-hmm. is a whole new category, though, and this is among those that is going to resonate throughout Harry's whole life, and so I appreciate them taking time to mention how much it is just not okay and won't be for a while. Or, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also... Again, things that are in character for Dumbledore, he basically treats Harry kind of like a like a little aggressive puppy, and so the fact that Harry's being really vicious and yipping right now when he's talking about killing Death Eaters is something that you can almost just hear Dumbledore cooing over him as his little chihuahua is doing this right now. Uh, though he does offer the you know kindly mentor advice that you know you should pair that viciousness with a good sense of friend- friendship and also self preservation because you'll make your friends in the Weasleys very sad if you die without telling them what's going on. In your life. <laughs> Um, Dumbledore has to keep the mystery going. He suggests that they're going to do private lessons doing fo- going forward. A wonderful opportunity for him to actually talk with Harry about what's going on in the world. But not now. Not now. No. Now, uh-uh. now I'm just going to tell you that, you know, it's be a little this, little of that when it comes to what we're going to, you know, talk about going forward. Dumbledore has to keep the mystery as long as possible. Yeah. That uh, is the most Dumbledore thing he does this entire chapter. At every available opportunity. Uh, and he also, another Dumbledore thing I'm now coming to expect of him is he has to have a call to adventure line to end every chapter that he's the main focus <laughs> of. Let us not deprive Molly any longer of the chance to deplore how thin you are. <laughs> if the book doesn't open with Molly just, you know, offering cakes to Harry, I will be profoundly disappointed. <laughs> um, I, I forgot about a wheeze, which uh, I, I'm a little disappointed about, which is... And Sarah, you should definitely use this instead of uh, don't count your chickens, uh, don't count your owls before they're delivered. Don't count your owls before they're delivered. Instead of don't count your eggs before they hatch or anything like that. Yes. Don't count your owls before they're delivered. 
I, I enjoy that it's meant both in the sense of owls, his results, but also owls just in terms of just general mail. And presumably, owls deliver owls. Owls do deliver owls. I would be the most amused if this universe had a different creature deliver just owls. <laughs> if, 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 if this is the one moment that friggin' ravens show up. Um, the other thing that would be really, really funny is if you fail your owls, you get a howler owl. <laughs> An owl howler owl? A howler, yeah. Well, so, so about sure how many characters you want to count there are in this chapter. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, there are three. <laughs> there, there are basically three in references to others. So among the three, who wins, who loses? Uh, Dumbledore definitely wins. He gets everything that he wants the way Dumbledore does. He gets everything that he wants. Um, I feel like Harry is kind of in a s- state of Steady stasis state. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is used as a prop. He played that role well. Yep. He does end up at the burrow at the end, which I suppose is a win for him. Um, but I, like Dumbledore obviously wins. I think... Of the characters that we have, I do think that Horace loses only because while he might be objectively in a better state than when he started with his... He's unhappy about it. He's unhappy about it. His disguise was found out. He was poked very aggressively in the stomach. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. I I think what even drives it more home is that he has a moment of realization that he's been losing. Yes, yes, that what he felt like was, what he felt like was winning is actually like a really difficult and terrible state to be in, continuing to run, continuing to go from house to house, to have lost his his network and his contacts um, through that movement. And, uh, and then he does get like, yes, he makes a decision, but he does get played. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I would also say that Given his character, and I think how we sort of all feel about similar things, the time between being convinced and or deciding to go to the party and actually arriving there and having fun mm-hmm. is is not a great time. It's no. like <laughs> it's it, true. No. It is. No. It is a burden. It's rife with anxiety, and yeah, yes. you spend a lot of mental energy trying to figure out if there are ways in which you could get out of said situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like, you start hoping for disasters to happen so that you have to deal with them. I mean, if Voldemort just shows up, I don't actually have to go and teach and come out of retirement. Like it's fine. How much could throwing myself down the stairs and breaking my ankle actually hurt? I mean, most car accidents are low speed, right? I mean, I, I can deal with that, right? <laughs> I just need a concussion check. It's not like I actually have a concussion, necessarily. Uh, it, it, add to the list, too, the fact that what his moment of realization is, is losing a logic battle with Harry. It, it, it's not a great look. that he, any, well, if, you, if you're having a debate with another person, and they present their first point, and you feel the need to say, like, six times in a row, well, that's true. And that's true. And that was also true. And that's true. You don't get to say a but anymore. You have yielded the floor to their logical point, which is exactly what he does here. To be fair, he doesn't know how dumb Harry is when this happens. (laughs) Which, again, is why Dumbledore used Harry perfectly. Yes. So, fully agree on winners and losers. Uh, Questions? Uh, I've teased this one already, but in fairy. Am I pronouncing that, that, that correctly, by the way? I think so. Sure. Um, are they only people that Voldemort or other Death Eaters have killed, or can they animate any corpse? I think they can animate any corpse, if I remember correctly. I don't think it has to be things that they've killed. Okay. Seriously? That, that, that's why We don't have a corpse for Sirius. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, that was quick. Well done. Be- BJ, I don't know if that was... Was that intentional, BJ? Did you set oh, that 100%. up? Oh, 100%. Just... <laughs> Oh, there was a tone. Things. There was a tone, Spencer. <laughs> you guys are capable of things I am not. My, my compliments. Uh, but that, that's walking dead levels of terrifying. Of where, you know, this being England, though the UK, I'm assuming there are lots of graveyards in the Wizarding World, too, that suddenly are just active sources of weapon resources. I'm guessing they have to be fresh. Or preserved know. in some way. Oh, God, they're going to activate linen to come, to come about and attack people kind of thing? 
Mummies of Ancient Egypt arising from the British Museum. Oh gosh, there's a <laughs> there's that's a, a chicken's coming home to roost moment right there. Yeah, a Rasputin's wand. Oh, not that kind of wand, Ugh. BJ. We don't want that moving around the jar. Um, Sarah, who destroyed all of the pictures and portraits of Harry's parents? Um, I mean, they didn't. Harry has a bunch of them. Why doesn't he chat with them? Uh, it's, it's pretty clear that they don't, uh, the photographs do not chat. Right. Well, so. They didn't have enough portraits done in their lives. Yeah, there are no, there are no paintings of them. Um, and the world has been pretty consistent that photographs do not, while they, they they move, they they do not. They wave and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I feel like when you're completing, like, you know, your will, your living will, your power of attorney, in the wisdom world, there's also getting a portrait done. It's just, it should be an aspect of what you do to, pl- <laughs> to, to, to plan to care for and support your family thereafter. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, that's interesting though, because I wonder if there are some thoughts on portraits and using them in that way um, that are similar to how Nearly Headless Nick was describing ghosts, mm-hmm. coming back as a ghost. That I like mean, it might actually not be super healthy for your family to have well, sure, a portrait yeah. that you yeah. can talk to that isn't you that isn't like I don't know uh, like uh, what's her name Black yeah um, uh, Black <laughs> I don't <laughs> on the other hand you have uh, the previous headmasters and that almost feels like they had a duty to have their portraits painted yeah enchanted and hung right. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I've never thought about that before, though, because, like, it's not it, not problematic. Right. And But it also feels like a very interesting choice to not have your portrait painted before going off to war. Hmm. Yeah. That, 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 hmm. that, that is a, a very interesting kind of Civil War, World War One reference right there. Good point, BJ. Um, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Can I... I would just like to give you all a tidbit that I have learned in uh, looking up in fairy to figure out. It does seem like they can be any corpses. They don't have to be human killed. But here is uh, a little sub thread that doesn't spoil anything except that there is a wizarding world in 2014, I suppose. Um, there was a little link on the in fairy page that sent me to the Haitian National Quidditch team page. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Um, they participated in the 2014 Quidditch World Cup. Prior to the game, uh, rumors were spreading that the team was using Inferi to intimidate other teams. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, no, no. That was just Hunu and Voodoo. Sorry for the confusion. Uh, that's kind of wonderful. Okay. Anyway, continue. Other questions? I really don't have that many other ones. We get a lot of information in this chapter that is not... It, what we're not getting is willfully opaque to the point there's not reasonable asking. Oh, how did how did uh, Dumbledore hurt his arm? Oh, what lessons is Dumbledore going to teach? These are questions that the text wants us to have going forward, so I'm not going to lay them on you, sir. They are, in fact, the plot. <laughs> yes. Um, a non-plot-related thing. Yes. Um... Well, it might be a plot-related thing, but this is what you're here for, which is... I'll let you know. Uh, when did Slytherin turn? How did it turn? And who was head of... Like, what was the head of house, like, handoff? Like? Right. Coda below that, because I realized another question. How long has Slug- Horace been out of the job? Um, I'm going to have to look that up. Um, do you mean turn in terms of... Like, gotten its new... like. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it sort of always had some of that reputation because mm-hmm. Salazar had, um, uh, Salazar definitely had house elves, shall we say. So, like, there, there was that feel to Slytherin for well, and Salazar like, founded. did always want only pure blood, blood wizards. Right. Like that was that was part of it. Um, but it didn't seem like he was quite as. Um, that, kill everybody else, they're, they're, but maybe that's just like what we have of. Yeah. That's There's honestly a, a little unclear. Yeah, yeah. There, um, there's advancing well, yourself within so society, this, uh, and then there's overturning society. Yeah, I mean, but like you know, it also could be rewriting it as you know the war of of uh, Muggle-born 
uh, aggression. Aggression. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I, in the Chamber of Secrets, we get all of the backstory that like Slytherin left Hogwarts, creating the Chamber of Secrets before he left because the other houses wouldn't follow him and only accept, accepting um, pure blood yeah. wizards yeah. as students. Um, so he retired. Slughorn d- retired in 1981. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a, um, it, 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 well, not that long. It, that, yeah, wait, this is the 90s. So we are in okay. 96 right now. So he, he made it through the last Wizarding War before he retired. Actually, no. He may have no. retired about during the Wizarding War. Um, no, because Harry is 15. Yeah, right in the middle of it. <laughs> okay. Right in the middle of it. <laughs> uh, that, that fits in character, his desire to just get the hell out of the way when violence is brewing. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I don't, I don't have a specific... Who takes over? Or is that spoilery? Oh, from... Um... Slughorn. It, it from Slughorn? Couldn't have been Snape right away. You would have been too young. No, he was way too young. He, he was in that class. Yeah, yeah, he was in that class with, with Lily. Um, let me... Known heads of Slytherin House. Hold on. Horace Slughorn. Then it does say, say it was Snape. It, no, like, that would have been right because it would have been... No, it, he would have been young, um, but he would have been, been... Real young. Yeah, but... Um, so Harry was... Born in eighty, um, so Lily yeah. and um, James were out of school. Severus was out of school. It would they have were been like very twenties, though. Yeah, like yeah, be, like not too far out of, like just a few like, years out of yeah, um, out of Hogwarts. Yeah, uh, but that's when Snape became um, the potions master. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And based on a lot of the information we got in two chapters ago, when Snape was describing his movements and relationship with Dumbledore. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Dumbledore recruited him as a double agent and then placed him at Hogwarts. Exactly. Among the house most affiliated with the Death Eaters. Yes. Yeah. I mean, kind of being a Death Eater himself, he still had the bona fides that he would need. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Uh, so, BJ, to answer your question, is the current culture of Slytherin all Snape's fault? <laughs> uh, that's an that's an interesting like thought process of you know how much effect has Snape had uh... <laughs> improving his bona fides as he brought an entire house down to ruin. So I don't I don't think it's entirely his fault, and not I mean not just to defend him, but I am thinking specifically about. The information we got once again in the Chamber of Secrets about Tom Riddle um, and him starting to uh, attack with the Basilisk and some of the responses that Slytherins had to that uh, Mm -hmm. were not, they were not entirely shock and horror. These were were never a collection of angels going back generations. Yeah. No. Um. But it does feel like to some of the comments that you were making earlier, BJ, it does feel like it is a house that has always been a little bit bifurcated in people who are only interested in ambition and people who are there for some of the less savory uh, cultural elements of... It might be the difference between um, people who perhaps affiliate with a particular um, organization for um, economic reasons versus cultural reasons. No, oh, I was going to, I thought you were going to say barbecues versus uh, other things. But anyway. Um, I don't know what that means. It, it, I mean, to, to work off one of the references you made previously, BJ, to you know, the war of muggle aggression, it, it also could have a certain lost cause effect, too, that a lot of their families or whatever else were affiliated with the, with the cause of the Dark Lord, and it may have just led to an effect in the new generations of lionizing and supporting it rather than having to, you know, assess or yeah. break down... Who their parents were actively backing or in present prison with respect to supporting. Well, and think about the difference between, um, like the Malfoys, for example, mm-hmm. uh, who have lived a sort of like real, real lost cause. Right? They are in mm-hmm. the manor house. They are on the plantation. Um, they still have their versus slice. versus like a crab and a goyle family, um, who were possibly. I mean, who were never, like, the direct beneficiaries 
um, in the way that the Malfoys were, but have been brought along for perhaps other reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is there a an aspect of uh, oh I'm uh, trying to remember his his real name, but of <laughs> of uh, Lily is Jon Snow and and Voldemort is Reek uh, with with Slughorn. Um. So 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 did Slughorn uh, cherry pick Voldemort and he turned bad. Mm. I cannot answer that. Ooh, do we do we actually get that, or is that? I, I assume we don't get that scene. Uh, can, but that would be like a really interesting. Let's let's I, clarify word choice: cannot or shall not. I I shall not answer that. Yes, that's, that was my prediction. I I shall not answer that, and I shall not answer the second part of that question either. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be interesting going forward. Yeah. In terms of things going forward, shall we turn the page? Let's do it. The best part of the episode, chapter five, an excess of phlegm. Well, I'm who, I'm here for this chapter. Who is that supposed to be? Well, I think that that is something that you learn in the next chapter. BJ. Well, I guess, Spencer, who do you think that is? Well, it ain't Molly Weasley, at least not from any understanding I've had of her previously. It is. I can, I can confirm that that is not Molly Weasley. Uh, I would guess that it is a, it is Jenny. Uh, it is. That, that is my but, guess too. The, the younger okay. Weasley is there for her glow up kind of moment. The Harry's if I like to recognize her. The, the, the easiest way to, to Harry's heart is through his stomach. Hey, this is I don't know if you want me to tell you who this is or not. I mean, I, no, we'll, we'll find out very shortly. Okay. It'd be, it'd be hilarious if it was Luna Lovegood. That, um, that was my fallback, though, because it kind of fits a yeah. little bit of how she's been described. Yeah. Uh, this uh, person looks way too put together to be Luna. <laughs> Let's be very well, clear. No, no, no. Th- this is Luna Lovegood with the, the Molly Weasley yes. that she would get immediately as soon as she entered the house. Like, Molly would just spend, like, six hours brushing her hair. Like the the entire army of brooms that Molly Weasley has, you know, animated around the house are just on this one person trying to fix her up. Yeah. Um, and before before we we leave it completely with the the name of the chapter, Sarah, I wanted to ask you if you thought that Molly Weasley has a particularly heavy hand with her house elves because uh, it is the uh, her cooking is the best cooking. And so the one at Hogwarts are a little left to their own devices, so aren't like really using the uh, their entire effort in making all the food. Um, I mean, the Weasleys don't have house elves, so I'm not really sure how to answer that question. <laughs> fight the fight him right there. Don't go farther into the question. Beat him at that point. So the name of the chapter: an excess of phlegm. I, yep. I, while an excess of phlegm is unpleasant, I'm sure the chapter will, will be quite pleasant, and I'll enjoy talking about it with y'all. This has been fun, guys. Bye.